Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. So many of us are committed to becoming a better person in the new year. And let's go one step further. Have you really thought about what the term better person means to you? Well, my guest, spiritual and personal growth author and teacher, Joffrey McClung, contends that most of us, especially you women, get it all wrong. She explains women of different generations have had difficult, different struggles, but the constant in all of them is that our worth, our value, our sense of being good enough is always seen through the lens of what we do for others and how others see us. And from personal experience, I might add that a lot of us men seek external confirmation of our value as well. So how about you? Do you define your self-worth primarily by what other folks think and say about you? You know, the Bible tells us to love your neighbor, and this is a wonderful sentiment, but never forget the rest of the message as you love yourself. And you know, when you think about it, without loving yourself fully and respecting your potential for greatness, what do you really have to offer others anyway? And Joffrey McClung is here today to explain why uh, the, the simplest and most powerful resolution you can make for the new year is to love yourself. And more importantly, she's here to suggest how you can develop your own sense of self-love and incorporate that self-love into daily living. In fact, Joffrey has written an inspirational self-help book on the subject. It's titled The Heart of the Matter, A Workbook and Guide to Finding Your Way Back to Self-Love. And Joffrey McClung is an inspirational author, teacher, blogger, and self-love advocate. She began her career as a theater actress in New York City and later produced and starred in off-Broadway productions and award-winning short films. And she uprooted her career to return to Texas to help her mother deal with terminal cancer, then shared in a subsequent extended cancer battle of a lifelong friend. And these back-to-back tragedies encouraged Joffrey to turn inward and find strength and techniques to help her heal emotionally, and now she's sharing these techniques with others. And uh, the heart of the matter is Joffrey's second book, following her acclaimed 2015 offering, How Learning to Say Goodbye Taught Me How to Live. And hello, Joffrey McClung, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Hello, Roy, and Middle Age Can Be Our Best Years. (laughs) That's for sure. Well, we're honored to have you with us today. To get the conversation started, please give us your definition of self-love. You know, some might say that self-love implies a narcissistic, self-centered attitude of me first, where you place self-interest, personal desires, and aspirations ahead of everyone else. Uh, Is working on reclaiming your self-love somehow selfish? Absolutely not. Selfishness has nothing. Self-love, the second part of self-love is called love. It has to do with love. 
Selfishness has to do with grabbing what you can grab, thinking there's not enough to go around, frankly. But no, self-love is about love, all about love. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, the Amazon book promotion tells us that your book, The Heart of the Matter, clearly defines three necessary components of self-love. What are these three necessary components? Well, self-love is the knowing in your heart, and it's clear that it has to be in your heart. It cannot just be a mental concept. That's really important. It's one thing to mentally say, I love myself. I've said that most of my life. I love myself. I love myself. But I had these voices inside of myself that did not love myself so much. So it has to be in your heart. It's a knowing in your heart that your core being, the core of who you are, is lovable, loving, and loved. When you know you are lovable, lovable simply means you know you are worthy of love, period. You exist, therefore, Roy, you are worthy of love, period. Every single person on this planet, I don't care who you are, what you've done, what you're going to do, you are worthy of love. To be loving is to acknowledge that your heart has a beneficial, uh, let me say it this way, that your heart is loving, you have a loving heart. You may have built barriers around it. You may have put walls around it. But if you tear those walls down, those barriers down, you have a natural loving heart, which is where you get your sense of being good enough. Because when you express your loving, whether it's through creativity, art, artistic expressions, your relationships, however you express your loving, it is good enough. And then to be loved is to understand that the fact that you exist, that you have value, and you matter to the universe. Another person may not think you matter. doesn't matter if your next door neighbor thinks you matter. You matter to the universe because you exist. You matter. Yeah. Well, you have well, those three things. Yeah, I yeah. understand what you're saying now, but uh, can you please identify for us a few of the ways that uh, lack of self-love negatively impacts our lives? I mean, there's got to be a hundreds of ways it does but oh, it does it a thousand ways you'll have one in one sense you'll you'll see a bully and that's obviously a lack of self-love oh, yeah. but then you'll see a people pleaser that is the opposite that is a lack of self-love too to try to earn love by yeah. doing 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 so that's one way but the other thing is what we feel and believe about ourselves is going to color everything we encounter in our daily lives as well as all the actions we're going to take so it can be through bullying blaming people pleasing um, it, it's literally how you you can wait for somebody to be coming after you. That's another uh, psychologist has said a long time that people have lack of self worth or sense of uh, self loathing or lack of self love tend to see benign acts as hostile and therefore see enemies where there are no enemies. I think we're seeing a lot of that these days. People oh, seeing enemies where there are no enemies. My neighbor may think differently, believe different beliefs that I have than I have, but that doesn't mean that there were enemies and they're after me. Good Lord, they're not after me. <laughs> you just wonder when you turn on these news channels whether there's any self-love in the world, the way they're constantly attacking, you know, one channel's attacking the right and the other channel is attacking the left and it's just constant I, I think it's a big clue that that's, 
I sort of see it, yeah, I try to see things from different levels, of course, the basic level, and then I like to see the, the higher viewpoint, if you will, so to speak. Um, yeah. what, what's the bigger, higher view we're going through? I think we're going through a transition of more self-love. I think that's why there is blaming and bullying. When you have anger or um, a feeling powerless or fear, you're going to go out and strike against people. Yes. Yeah, so Those symptoms of anger, hurt, feeling powerless are symptoms of lack of self-love, frankly. Yeah. Now, we don't think of it that way, but they really are, Roy. They well, are the lack of love. That's true. And that so few people are willing to admit that. But, uh, well, in well, your book, you tell us that uh, we all have positive transformational tools available within uh, that can help us connect the three components of self-love. Can you please identify uh, some of these transformational tools and suggest oh, how sure. we can employ them to uh, uncover what we really think and feel about ourselves? Oh, certainly. So first part, uh, the book's done in three parts, and the first part is your tools. Oh. What you can do is you're going to connect, you're going to use your imagination, Roy. That is such an imperative tool to use. Yeah. There, I always say your imagination sort of how God or the divine can speak to you through your imagination. Yeah. So we're going to engage our imagination uh, to connect it with meditation. And meditation strictly focusing your attention, Roy. It's not, you don't have to chant, you don't have to light candles, you don't have to sit in a <laughs> mantra's position and do all these strange things. It's just focusing your attention. So you're going to combine imagination when you're meditating, which I just lay down and close my eyes, and I'm meditating. That's meditation. You're going to connect, use your imagination, and we practice it by creating a safe space within ourselves. Yeah. A safe space we can go within our minds where we are safe. There's loving images of love and safety all around us. So that's the first tool you're going to engage is your imagination because you're going to need it down the line when you work with different parts of yourself that yeah. need some healing. You're going to need that imagination. Yeah. The second tool you're going to uh, connect with is what we call your higher self. Now, higher self is strictly the part of you, and it's imperative that you understand it is a part of you. It's not something separate of you. It is a part of you that has remembers that it is one with the divine and has all the knowledge and power of that love. In other words, it's your wise one. We all have a wise one that lives inside of us. Yeah, Some there's people, a little bit of God in every individual that uh, I know. Oh, definitely. We all have a piece of the divine within us. Yeah. It's great connecting to that piece of the divine so that you can get higher answers to your questions. Yeah. So we're going to use your imagination, the second part. You go and we're going to work with your uh, connecting with your um, higher self. The third tool then we're going to, once we've done the imagination, we've got our safe space, within that safe space, we've begun to meet this higher part of ourself that is connected to the divine and realize we have help they can hold our hand during this whole process of reconnecting and the third part are your emotions Roy emotions are vital we have emotions they are I call them the navigational system they're there to remind us what's right for us and what's wrong for us unfortunately most of us are out of whack emotionally we have all this what I call past baggage we're you know lugging around over our shoulders so we're getting triggered by everything. When If we'd healed the past, we wouldn't be getting triggered. And our emotions would be navigating for us, telling us, hey, look over here. This is the right way for you to go. They are a navigational system when we're in balance. So then we take our higher self, we go in there, we meet our emotional body. And we look at our emotional body and say, okay, do I have wounds? Do I have sores? Do I have hurts? And, of course, most of us do have wounds and sores and hurts somewhere in there that still needs some attention to be healed. We have parts that need to be healed. That's all that really matters. Yeah. So those are 
free tools that we're going to use to go and look at self-love, work with the components of self-love, meet our inner orphans, which are basically the parts of ourselves that we either tossed aside because we didn't, we were either disgusted by them or ashamed of them or hurt by them. Um, and we need to bring them back to the whole and love them oh. back into the whole. Yeah, your book uh, contains extensive exercises for identifying negative emotions, encouraging readers to honor such feelings uh, rather than running away from them. What do you mean by honoring a negative emotion, and why in the world should we want to honor old hurts when, in fact, we're (laughs) searching for reasons to love ourselves more? (laughs) Oh, I hear you. I mean, you know what? The only way you're going to love yourself more if you let those old hurts actually go, and they don't go by you forgetting them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be old hurts. They would have been just been tossed off. That's why I said. We all have little pieces of old hurts. And we have to go back and heal those little pieces of ourselves. I, I call them our inner orphans. They're little pieces we let go of or we, we just put to the corner, put in a box and said, I'm not going to deal with you. You caused me pain or you caused me hurt or whatever it is. We go and we heal those. First of all, we learn that we can heal ourselves, that we actually have been given the power to heal ourselves. And our emotions don't have to scare us. That When you have a scary emotion like anger, underneath anger is always hurt. Yeah. Frustration or fear. Those are the things under anger. So you want to go underneath your emotions and find out what you're really feeling so you can go and offer the opposite to that hurt part and love them back to wholeness. So you don't avoid your hurt feelings. You heal your hurt feelings. Yeah. Well, that makes so much sense. But in your promotional material, you suggest we incorporate five simple self-gratitude practices into our lives. What are these practices, and uh, how do they help us love ourselves more? Well, these are good things to do because you want in between the homework, because there's homework within the book. The book is a workbook, people. It is a guide. you got to do the homework to get any progress. But in between doing the homework, healing those wounds, loving yourself, expanding your sense of self-love, you want to do some mental games with yourself. You want to, you know, constantly keep your mind focused on the positive aspects so you can start to train your mind to go there versus always going to the negative aspects. So these are simple little things you can do with yourself every day, and I call them self-gratitude practices because we have to be grateful to ourselves first in order to be grateful to other people. So I start with celebrate. Number one is celebrate who you are. Well, I'm kind. I'm funny. I'm generous. Find the things that you feel you can celebrate about yourself and remind yourself of that every morning or every evening and celebrate that I'm funny, I'm kind, I'm generous. Number two, honor your abilities. I'm great at learning new skills. I'm a great writer. Uh, I might be a great swimmer, a great cook. Honor your abilities. We all have abilities. Some could be good gardeners. Some could be good at math. You have abilities. We all have been given abilities. Honor those abilities. Yeah, and honor congr- those abilities and then seek activities that uh, help both yourselves and others by doing those activities. Don't let them lay dormant, in other words. Oh, no. If you're going to have abil- your abilities, you've got to do them. I mean, yeah. that's... That's the whole point of the workbook is you're going to do these things. You're not going to just think about them. You're yeah. going to have to do them. So you're going to honor your abilities so you can. And the thing is, when you honor your abilities, it's not that you have to do it for other people because by you honoring your abilities, it just spreads out. Love is contagious. When you love yourself, it hits every area around you. Trust me, it spreads like a wonderful pandemic. <laughs> it's so <laughs> 
A wonderful answer. Number three is rejoice in your accomplishments. Most of us are taught, don't be too proud of yourself. Don't don't celebrate too much, you know, what you just did. Yeah, don't don't rejoice in your accomplishments too loud. You make other people jealous. Or mine was you're making people jealous. So I didn't really celebrate accomplishments too much because uh, I didn't want to make other people jealous and then they might hurt me. That was one of my issues. I but isn't it interesting that the people that loudly celebrate uh, their so-called accomplishments often really didn't accomplish anything? <laughs> Oh, honey, the loudest people are usually the people who need the most homework. Frankly, it's you and me. We'll keep that private. They need the most homework. If you're too, Matt, like, these things you do by yourself, first of yeah. all. When I, these yeah. types of things you do by yourself to remind yourself, hey, I'm good enough. Yeah. You know, I am good enough. Number four. Compliment yourself often. Man, I really did that job interview good. I gave it everything I had in me. Compliment yourself. Again, these are things you do with yourself, by yourself, people. Yeah. But compliment yourself. I really hung in there. I didn't give up. I could have given up during that test or whatever it was, yeah. but I didn't give up when I finished it. Compliment yourself. That deserves to be. Treat yourself like your own best friend. That is the best clue. Treat yourself like your own best friend. Uh, I did that well. I look great. I was fabulous at work today. I really was on my game today. Compliment yeah. yourself. <laughs> That's great. And number five is thank yourself. Thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for not letting fear <laughs> stop me. That's a big one. When you realize I didn't let fear stop me, you need to thank yourself yeah. for not fear stop you. Because fear stops a lot of people. And it doesn't need to. It's just an emotion we have to learn to deal with. And fear, really, when you go underneath fear, it's just a, it, it, when you deal with fear, underneath that fear is a fear that you're going to be hurt. Well, once you know you can love yourself, you're less worried that somebody's going to hurt you. So you're willing to take risk and try things that may have may been fearful to you to begin with. That yeah, makes it's, it's, You know it's not going to destroy you if somebody doesn't agree with you or doesn't celebrate what you do because... If you love yourself, you know that uh, you're trying to help others and you're honoring yourself at the same time and you're not going to worry if 100% of the people agree with you every, every no, time. No, and you may be surrounded in a group where there's nobody who likes you in this group. Yeah. That happens. That's not your fault. There's things to be learned from every situation in. You can learn something from that situation. But the main thing is, um, you know, for, forever um, – we, you just said that people are not going to always like what you did or, or be that excited that you know or compliment you personally. Yeah. But again, if you're loving yourself, you don't need them to love you. If they do, that's a cherry on the Sunday. But if they don't, that's okay too because self-love is about loving yourself. And what's interesting, psychologists have said this for a long time, people with higher self-esteem, higher sense of self-worth, which is self-love, actually have more compassion and more empathy for other people. Yeah, and they understand other people better because they understand themselves. And exactly. by understanding yourself, you understand why other people are doing things. Oh, totally. When you totally understand yourself, when you've looked at yourself and you've realized, okay, I've been compassionate with my stumbles and my mistakes. And believe me, there are plenty of them, Moy. I've had plenty of stumbles and mistakes. But I've had compassion for myself. Then I suddenly have more compassion for others' stumbles and mistakes. When I when I had 
self-acceptance for my flaws and weaknesses. And there were many of those too, Roy. <laughs> I was able to accept others' flaws and weaknesses with much less judgment. Exactly how you treat yourself is pretty much how you're going to treat other people. So that's a big clue, big clue. If you're sitting there in judgment of everyone, you've got to realize you're in judgment of everyone because you are judging yourself to oh, peace. so true. When I make negative comments about somebody I'm watching on TV, hopefully not someone I'm meeting in person, but I always stop to think, you know, am I really criticizing this person because I'm not happy with myself? And 99% of the time that is the answer. <laughs> it is. You got it completely right. It is 99% of the time. It has, everything that we're experiencing has to do with the filter through our own lenses. Yeah. So if you're not happy with somebody's sayings, it can really, if you're in a great place with yourself, it doesn't really matter what other people are saying or doing. But when you're kind of iffy with yourself, then they bug you. People bug you. <laughs> well, part three of your book, The Heart of the Matter, is entitled Investigating, Interrogating, and Integrating. Now, I understand the first two commands, but what do you mean by the final step, integrating? Uh, what are we seeking to integrate, and what role does integration play in generating self-love? Well, investigating, you've got it. You invest, your self-awareness, being aware of your beliefs, your emotions, that sort of thing. Uh, interrogate your, interrogating your inner orphans. Why, why are they so afraid the world hates them or it's going to hurt them or they've got to have their fist up in the air because somebody's going to try to hit them? You're going to, you know, investigate them. Yeah. And then the third is integration. Integration is when you're going to practice, really, it's that, that well, best compassionate understanding is how I define it in the book. Oh, it's practicing compassionate understanding with yourself. I did this when I was eight and made the decision that the world was going to be rough on me in this particular area. Most of our beliefs get set by the time we're seven, eight, or nine. Yeah. Our beliefs about ourselves and the world kind of are set, meaning that we just made those decisions. That's how the world's going to treat me, and that's what I'm going to be prepared for. Yeah. So once you go and you realize, okay, I made that decision when I was seven that I was going to have to have my fist in the air and be ready for somebody to punch me because I'm going to punch them first so they can't hit me first. When you're aware of that, you can forgive yourself and say, I didn't know better then. Yeah, that's so true. And I did the best I could because I was only seven, and I carried that forward till I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whenever. And you and understand that what uh, you may have believed at age seven isn't really all that relevant to what you are at 55 or 46 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're right, but you know what? There's a lot of 55-year-olds walking around there in their 70-year-old bodies. I'm telling you now, I meet them every day. And they may have nice clothes and nice briefcases and nice houses and nice bank accounts, but they are walking around with their 70-year-old hand in hand with them, still waiting to get hit or hurt or something. That's why we learn to practice compassion, understanding with ourselves. I did the best I could in that moment. I've practiced it in my 20s. I practiced it now. If something comes up and I feel like I need some more some more forgiveness for myself, I practice compassion, understanding. And then once you've done that, you look at your behaviors and you realize, oh, I behaved that way because I was in hurt. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have to behave that way anymore. Yeah. So your behaviors start to change. Yeah. And then you offer that same compassion, understanding with those who hurt you. Well, and you can Let's talk a little bit about your five-star book, The Heart of the Matter. In the uh, From the Author comment section of the Amazon preview, uh, you state that, uh, or you warn that you cannot think your way to self-love. Given that, how do we accomplish our journey, and how is your book intended to guide uh, 
that uh, journey to the self-love destination. I know we've t- discussed that s- somewhat already, but uh, well, what it no, I think that's a good question, really. Uh, what it does, it, like I said, is a workbook and a guide, so you're going to keep it with you. You're going to be able to go back to it and look at your answers. It's you're going to do the first section, which is the tools. Yeah. You're going to work with that to get your imagination, get your emotional body working, cause especially for men. No offense, Roy, but men have an issue with some emotional issues. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're going to get the men to work with their emotions. And This is all done alone. All this work is done alone. You're going to work with your emotional body. You can go to part two. And each each section you go through, you have questions you ask yourself. And you have to be honest with yourself with these questions. There's at least 20 to 40 to 50 questions in each chapter. Oh, wow. You have to answer it as honestly as you can. Who told me that, that self-love means I have to earn it or I have to deserve it or only some people are deserving of it, others aren't. You're going to go through your list and you're going to have to be really honest with yourself yeah. so that you understand what you're thinking about whatever that was in that chapter. The next part in each chapter is going to be a meditation. Again, that's just closing your eyes, Roy. You can be sitting in a chair or laying down. I don't care. Close your eyes, and you're going to do the what I, I give a whole description in the in the meditation of what you want to do in that meditation. I give you images that I used for my own meditation. You can either use them or come up with your own, and you're going to go and do meditation. Meditations are for your emotional homework. They're going to get your emotions involved. Then you have some homework that you're going to have for the week to pay attention to whatever we worked on that week. You're going to pay attention to how you behave out in the outer world. So it gives you these steps. And then in the third part, you're going to work with those inner orphans. You're going to work with your safety nets, which are your your go-to behaviors when you're in fear or feeling powerless or vulnerable. These are your judgment, criticism, needing to be right is a big go-to behavior. You're going to... You're going to realize those came out of pain. Those are not who I am. People say, don't mess with me. Don't push my button. What? That's that's a button for a reason. It's not who you are. You want to get rid of the button, people. (laughs) Get rid of that button. So you're going to work with your behaviors, and then you're going to practice compassion, understanding. All these are done with questions, meditations, homework, and there's places for notes in the book so that you can literally go through the process and use this for the rest of your life, frankly, because I don't, have not met anyone who cannot continue to grow in their self-love, frankly. No, anyone that uh, isn't continuing to grow might as well, well be dead. <laughs> exactly. I'm still, you know, I've done the heavy work of the inner orphan work. There's some stuff you will finish. The inner orphan work, you will finish it. I finished my inner orphan work. I don't have to go back and do that anymore. Good. But I continue to grow my sense of worthiness of love, being good enough, and being loved. I can continue to grow those aspects. And that's fun work. That's yeah. fun work, I have to be honest. <laughs> well, where's the best place for listeners to go to preview and purchase your book, The Heart of the Matter? I know I found it on Amazon, but is that the best place? Or, uh... Well, you can go to Amazon, you can go to Barnes & Noble, you can go to Balboa, you can also go to my website, which is joffreymcclung.com, or you can uh, also just type in Joffrey's books.com okay, and, yeah, and that's J-O-F-F-R-E-M-C-C-L-U-N-G Just, that's uh, my full name yes. <laughs> that'll get you there or <laughs> joffreysbooks.com yeah. will get you there also it's all about selflove.com will get oh. you there those three will get you to my website which you can read free previews of uh, each book and then it, there's clicks there if you want to go to Amazon or Babo or wherever and, and purchase the books 
Okay. And you can read my blog. <laughs> that sounds easy enough. Well, it's been almost a month now since you made those New Year's resolutions to improve upon certain aspects of who you are, how you feel, and how you relate to others. But uh, guess what? Joy and satisfaction from accomplishment of any resolution will be fleeting at best if you fail to address the single most powerful and essential resolution of all, and that's to love yourself. And you are a unique, one-of-a-kind creation of God with untapped powers inside beyond imagination. And on her website, uh, Joffrey McClung sums it all up like this. We all come into this world fully equipped for the journey before us. And starting this very moment, why not accept this truth and personalize it as your mantra? At this point in my life, I am fully equipped for a joyful and mutually beneficial journey through the rest of my days in service to self and others. And now call upon your inner being with spiritual help from God, the universe, the divine, whatever you choose to call it, to acknowledge and explore your true beauty and the purpose you were created to serve, the ultimate power of self-love, and banish forever that small little voice inside telling you that you're not good enough and discover the freedom to be you and no more masks of deception required. As Joffrey puts it, to dream and create, to feel joy and excitement, to have faith and trust, to live with passion and compassion, and most importantly, to love and be loved. And I got all that from her website. And what a better way to begin the new year than that. And self-love, it sounds so logical and simple, but it's not. And to launch your journey to self-love, undoubtedly the most important journey of your life, I highly recommend you preview and purchase Joffrey McClung's new book, our latest book, The Heart of the Matter. And thanks a million, Joffrey, for joining us here today. Thank you, Roy. Well, on last week's program, I reviewed the first three of my Ten Commandments of Midlife Renewal. And to close today's program, I'd like to move on to Renewal Commandments 4 through 6. And as a reminder, these commandments uh, are taken from Chapter 10 of my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up, by Roy C. Richards. And here's commandment number four. I will renew as a two-step process. The two steps I recommend are as follows. Step one, you will seek inner peace and positive emotional balance, affirming your life today and your potential for greatness in the future. And, of course, based upon today's inspirational conversation with my guest, Joffrey McClung, pure and simple, this simply is an affirmation of self-love. Then we move on to step two. You will establish and sustain mutually beneficial interpersonal relationships with loved ones, friends, work associates, and anyone else you may encounter along the way. You know, it's kind of like the uh, tree that falls in the forest. If no one's there to witness it, it really happened. Well, the same will be true. You may feel great inside, but if you uh, don't demonstrate that to others, you won't receive warm responses in return, and it really won't work out for you because none of us can transform our lives for the better in a vacuum, at least over the long haul. To live a joyful, stress-free, purposeful life, you will need to bring others along, and positive balance in interpersonal relationships requires that we seek to understand and respect others' points of view at all times. 
willing to offer a friendly, cordial response, even when we disagree. And most important, people want to know that we're listening and care about what they have to say, don't they? Uh, if you just um, if somebody disagrees with you, you just dismiss them out of hand. It really doesn't accomplish anything, does it? Few of us will ever live up to the Will Rogers met motto, I never met a man I didn't like. Say, I wonder if he ever met a woman he didn't like. <laughs> I guess they just talked like that back then. But all of us can condition ourselves to treat friends and strangers, supporters and foes alike, with kindness and respect. And I'm sure Will Rogers never met a lady he didn't like either. And next time you're at a restaurant or a grocery store, here's an idea. Strike up a conversation with a server or clerk in the checkout line, not to take up their time or obstruct their duties, but just to let them know that you honor them as a fellow human being, you appreciate their service to you, and you're truly interested in how their day is going. And as they respond and smile back, respond positively, you will be rewarded many times over. Commandment number five is this, I will think outside the lines. <laughs> Let's face it, if you're dissatisfied with aspects of your life today, the situation is highly unlikely to improve a change for the better if you continue to think and behave in the same old ways. In reformulating life at midstream, you are seeking to uncover and lock in a vastly different, uniformly positive stream of consciousness, concentrating on the potential for favorable outcomes rather than on problems, regardless of the current circumstances. Your objective is far more ambitious than uh, the fleeting recapture of a positive interlude from your past. Furthermore, the option to return to the past may now be impossible. That gal you uh, had such a great time with years ago is now married to someone else, and uh, you're no longer 23, and long ago you lost the speed and dexterity to be the star forward on your basketball team that you used to be. As we discussed earlier with Joffrey McClung, your initial challenge is to fall in love with yourself all over again, this time with no restrictions. And sadly for a lot of us, that's well outside the lines, isn't it? Because we've been down on ourselves for far too long. The next step is exploration, experimentation, and reaffirmation of talents, capabilities, and life preferences, many of which, as Joffrey puts it, may have been orphaned, as she calls it, and ignored for the past several years. Now let's integrate all those talents and preferences into who we really are and what we're capable of accomplishing to the benefit of ourselves and others. And now let's put all these uh, talents to good use by trying out new things or new unique approaches to accomplish present obligations. And experimentation with new ideas need not be confined to your vocation. It also makes sense to volunteer in your church and community doing activities you're good at and things you love to do, take up new hobbies or recreational pursuits, or seek out and make contact with prominent members or maybe not so prominent members of your community, but folks you've always wanted to meet. Next time the two of you cross paths, what's to stop you from walking up, introducing yourself, and bringing up common interests? 
The bottom line, if you are seeking a fresh start at middle age, you simply must abandon that tendency to summarily reject trying anything new simply because there's a chance you may fail. Remember, you now love the higher inner you and are brimming with the confidence that you are in control of your future. And if one particular initiative fails or one relationship doesn't turn out the way you had hoped it would, there are many more waiting to be tried just around the corner. And it only takes one victory to move your life a giant step forward in the positive direction. And here's commandment number six. Whenever possible, I will disassociate myself from negative thoughts and negative people. Even uh, after self-love and a positive mindset are implanted within, you and I must uh, remain continually vigilant to prevent negative thinking and behavior from creeping back in. And it's so easy to do, isn't it? As a corollary to the extent possible, I strongly encourage you to limit interaction with routinely negative individuals. And unfortunately, these, these may be precisely the same individuals with whom the old you relish sharing negative and resentful commentary, talking down and gossiping about other people because likes attract. Now, I'm not recommending you summarily divorce your unhappy spouse, ignore your grumpy boss, or disown your closest comrade simply because she or he isn't a perpetual ray of sunshine. But what you can do is to stop reinforcing negative uh, commentary by them by routinely interjecting a positive thought or maybe simply keeping your mouth shut every time something mean or thoughtless is said about another. You know, best case, you will be able to convert loved ones, family members, and co-workers into fellow disciples of positive thinking. And remember, nobody really likes complaining to somebody that always turns it around and never reinforces those negative comments. Bottom line, human nature being what it is, though, there is no way you'll be able to avoid occasional contact with negative thinkers. But whenever you do, always remember, no one can make you feel angry, afraid, disillusioned, or pessimistic about the future. That's totally up to you whether to picture today's picture as half empty or half full. In our next program, I will cover Midlife Renewal Commandments 7 through 10. And remember, all Ten Commandments are presented and explained in much greater detail, along with a comprehensive A to Z roadmap to midlife renewal in my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. And may I make a suggestion? When you go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com to check out Joffrey McClurg's book, At the Heart of the Matter, take time to check out my book as well. Both books are in workbook format and include plenty of self-help exercises to get you where you want to go. And my book, again, is A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. And I trust by now you are aware of just how much I adore speaking to each and every one of you every single week. Tune in next week when my guest, Brian Benson, will suggest some essential habits for success, inspired ideas to help you soar. And who doesn't want to soar? (laughs) That's a great place to be. 
until we speak again, love yourself, give your love to others unconditionally, and graciously accept their love in return. Bye for now from Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 